Good morning, church. I, I can't wait till the time comes again when instead of waiting for worship to start, <laughs> waiting for the video to run, um, I can uh, greet folks all at the same time. Um, or um, the time when at least um, I could come running out and high-fi everybody. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe not. No, nah. maybe not. You don't think so? Okay. Anne says no. Um, anyway... Welcome to worship this morning uh, from the uh, various places in which we gather. Um, I just like to remind us it doesn't matter about the physical distance that separates us because it is God and the Spirit that unites us regardless of where we are. And so we gather as Cameron United Methodist Church um, in various places this day uh, to bring Christ into focus in our lives. And so let us gather this morning in expectation and in anticipation that we will experience Christ's presence among us, that the Spirit will speak to us deep in our beings, continuing to shape us and form us so that we might go empowered by that Holy Spirit uh, to be the body of Christ. Let us join our voices together on this Sunday as we sing, Holy, Holy, Holy.
Amen. I invite you this morning to um, online to greet one another and uh, let other folks know that um, you are gathered for worship so folks know who, that they're who they are joining in worship. Um, I also want to um, highlight just a couple of things which uh, may have been on the video and may not have been. Number one is um, please bring your peanut butter and jelly as we have a friendly competition between uh, churches to see who can gather the most um, peanut butter and jelly for the food pantry. I think we've already um, got 75 or 80 jars, and so I invite you all to keep bringing that in and drop that off um, um, in the um, lobby area out there. And then the second thing I want to remind you is that we continue to reach out and to uh, adopt the village. Um, we have uh, sent cards and cookies, and I think, uh, I think the youth got a note from folks over at the village this week um, saying the cookies were delicious. So uh, you did good, Amelia and the rest of the youth who are uh, watching and listening today and participating in worship. Um, this week, um, the, the um, outreach team is doing a cookout on Friday, if I remember, in which we are going to serve the staff and also the residents by uh, grilling some hot dogs and some burgers and um, just letting the folks there know uh, that we care and that we want to do everything we can in these times to surround them uh, with a love. And so if you would just uh, continue to look for how you can participate in that and, and uh, hold them and the outreach team up in your prayers, that would be wonderful. And now uh, we're going to continue in our worship as uh, Dina Ocker is going to lead us in uh, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace, words that we probably ought to be singing in our hearts these days, yes? yes. So let us join our voices together. Make me a channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury or paranoia, and where there's doubt, true faith in you. Make me a channel of your peace. Where there's despair in life, let me to eternal 
Amen. Thank you. And let us just go right into prayer. Amen. Let us go right into prayer. I'm going to invite you all uh, to repeat um, after me uh, this prayer that uh, this prayer for justice that um, I came across on uh, version this week. And so um, as I say a phrase, I invite those at home and those here to repeat back after me as we join together in this prayer and then we'll join together in the Lord's Prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, our hearts are heavy and broken. Please give us eyes to see and ears to hear where your spirit is working. Help us to see every person the way you see them. Break our heart for what breaks yours. Let us not merely say that we love one another. Give us strength to mourn with those who mourn, to weep with those who weep. Let your justice roll like waters. Let your righteousness and love flow from us like rivers of living water. Purify our hearts, Lord, and fill us with genuine hunger for justice, for mercy, and for true peace. Heavenly Father, let your justice and mercy and peace start with me. And now let us join our voices together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, join with me. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. channel of your peace. 
God's people said, Amen. Thank you, Dina, for leading us in worship. Well, over the next few weeks, we're going to begin to look at um, what it means to be the church. Maybe I think just remind ourselves. It's not so much that we're going to rethink how uh, we do church as much as it is, is that we're going to be reminded of how uh, God... Um, has shaped the body of Christ and how God calls us to be his hands and his feet. And so uh, today uh, we are going to take a look at um, three reminders from Scripture of um, how God has called his people um, throughout uh, history. And so uh, we are going to begin by taking a look at... Uh, um, a passage in Micah, not in Isaiah. Let's try again. There we go. In Micah chapter 6. Um, and, and I call these passages, actually I adopted this from uh, Michael Slaughter, um, who is a now a retired pastor in the Ohio West Conference. Um, uh, used to say there were three mandates that God gave us. He gave us the great requirement, the great commandment, and the great commission. Um, and when we put those together, we end up with a great community of followers. And so I begin with this passage from um, Micah chapter 6. And um, you may recall this is um, the, the prophet Micah was speaking uh, to the people of Judah shortly after Israel, uh, the northern kingdom, was uh, overrun by Assyria and the southern kingdom of Judah was threatened. And they're wondering, what in the world do we need to do? Wondering uh, why all of this was happening. And um, Micah was reminding them uh, that uh, after years and years and years of ignoring God's call to turn and to follow him, to turn away from idols, um, to participate in his um, ministry and his mission and demonstrating uh, um, what it looked like to be the people of God, uh, that uh, Micah was uh, speaking these words of God, and someone stand up and, and said, so what is it that God expects of us? And the prophet Micah says these words, he has told you, human one, what is good and what the Lord requires from you, to do justice, to embrace faithful love, and to walk humbly with God. I am sure that we have heard these words um, many, many times. Um, but uh, this is a, a passage of Scripture um, in which God is telling the people of Judah what it is that he expects from them. It's not that he expects these rituals uh, of worship um, or only these, wor uh, these rituals of worship, uh, but he also expects people to participate in his mission and his ministry not just to talk about it. And so uh, these three things, he says, to do justice. In other words, um, indifference is not acceptable. And over and over and over again, as we, we touched a little bit on this last week, over and over and over again throughout Scripture, God calls his people 
to speak up for the voiceless and the outcast, to uh, speak up for the oppressed people. And, and he usually does this by reminding Israel that they at one time were an oppressed people in Egypt and they know what that feels like. And so God says, because you know what that feels like and because you know that I rescued you from that, uh, then if you're going to participate in uh, my mission to the world to reconcile the whole world, you will indeed participate in this ministry that reaches out and seeks to undo injustice and to fight for justice. Um, in, the, in the New Testament, we would say if we paid attention to Jesus' teachings, that this means that, that we are called to go where Jesus goes, that we are called to do what Jesus is doing, and we are called to be what Jesus was for other people. We're not called just to talk about things, but we are called to participate in undoing injustice. Now, the other thing that Micah says is that he says that we are, we are called to, um, to embrace faithful love, is the way it's in the common English, to embrace faithful love. We probably are used to hearing that in other versions where it says to love mercy. But I think to embrace faithful love um, is a little bit more accurate about what the prophet is saying and what God says to his people uh, because this is not just um, loving, being merciful to people, uh, but um, to say that we embrace a faithful love is, is to talk about a commitment that God's people are called to make to both God and to each other. Uh, this call to embrace a faithful love is actually a call to, to embrace being the covenant people of God. It is not just a love that is about feelings and emotions, but it is a love that is about commitment. It's more uh, like the love that God calls us to have between a husband and a wife, a love uh, that may not always get along, uh, a love that uh, even in the midst of differences, uh, we are committed to one another. We are committed to God to stick with it, uh, to be there and to be with God and to hear and to listen. And so um, we are called to do justice and we are called to embrace this faithful love in, in which we make a commitment to God and to other people of God. And then the other thing that Micah says is that we are called to walk uh, humbly with God. And I think um, if we put this together with the other two, what Micah is saying is that, that we are called um, to do all of this with God. We are called to set aside our own agendas. We are called to listen to God speak to us and to understand where God is calling each of us to participate in his mission and his ministries in and to the world. And so we are called to listen to God's voice as we do this justice and as we embrace this faithful love. Now, the other passage I want to read from is from uh, John. Actually, uh, John 13 and John 15. In this passage of Scripture, um, 
Jesus is teaching his disciples before his death, and and, uh, this is uh, actually a part of a long farewell discourse in which Jesus is engaging his disciples, uh, telling them what is to come, and preparing them. And we we are all familiar with the great commandment. Yes, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself, right? Um, We're used to hearing it in that way, but I like the way that Jesus says it to his disciples in John. And actually, he says it um, close to the beginning of this discourse and then again at the end. And so I'm going to read from both of those passages. In John 13, uh, 34 and 35, he says it this way. "Um, I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. So you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples, when you love each other. And then over in uh, chapter 15, uh, beginning in uh, verse 13, again, he says this again to his disciples. This is at the same dinner, it appears, as as we're reading uh, John. And he says, this is my commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than to give up one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I don't call you servants any longer. Again, um, I love the way that Jesus puts it in this passage because it's not just love your neighbors as you love yourself, but it is love each other in the way that Jesus has loved us. I think that may take it a step above um, just saying to love our neighbors as we want to be treated or as ourselves. And, and the other thing I love about this uh, passage in John, while, while certainly throughout his ministry, Jesus talks about the importance of followers of God uh, loving all people loving people who are different from us, loving the strangers. Um, I think in this passage, Jesus seems to be emphasizing not just the love of other people, but I think he's emphasizing the love that the disciples have for one another, the love that the people in, in the body of Christ are called to have for one another. Now, just think about that. Um, it, it is uh, sometimes we do like to talk about Jesus says, love your love your enemies. Right. Um, or Jesus says, love other people. And sometimes I wonder, maybe if we just begin with the people in the body of Christ, loving each other the way that Jesus loved them. Then those other things might become a little bit easier for us. Yes. Uh, So often in the church today, um, what happens is we really don't struggle and wrestle with each other in the midst uh, of ministry and in the midst of what is going on. Too often in in the church today, when there is some disagreement, churches break up or people get upset. Um, too often we don't love one another in the way that Jesus loved his disciples. Too often in the church today, we don't love each other enough to have uh, difficult conversations or dialogue with each other to truly try to understand what Scripture says to us and how Scripture speaks to us. We don't 
uh, uh, seem to be able to love one another enough to say, you know, I think maybe you're wrong there. Can we have a conversation about that and about uh, what I see and how um, I read or understand Scripture um, and how I see God calling us as a church to, to do things? Does that make sense? Sometimes I think uh, that rather than loving each other, like I, like I mean, if you're a part of a family and you love each other, right, uh, you don't hesitate to let each other know when um, they've done something to upset you, right? Yes? Okay? Um, and sometimes in the church, the way that we handle that is instead of, of sitting down with the person and saying, hey, this is what has happened, um, we would rather like go post it on Facebook or uh, tell three other people before we talk with the person that we have issues with. Yes. You know, I, I appreciate this week. I had several folks reach out to me, um, um, many with encouraging words. But there were there were a few folks who reached out to me uh, based on the sermon last week. And they said, um, uh, we appreciate the sermon, but uh, there's this point where I'm not sure I agree with you. And, um, and then they gave me their perspective and their insight. Um, I greatly appreciate um, those types of things because um, in, um, let's see, at least in a couple of those cases, it made me rethink the way that I said things. And it's like, yeah, I could have said that a little bit better and been a little bit clearer about what it meant or what um, or how I interpreted the scripture. You see, I think Jesus is saying in this passage when he says and calls for us to love each other as he has loved us, he is calling us to have difficult conversations with each other, but he is also calling us to remain in connection with each other. Think about the disciples themselves. Think about the interactions that Paul and then the disciples had when they had conversations around how and whether the Gentiles should be included in the followers of Jesus. Uh, if you look at those passages of Scripture, they weren't just nice to each other when they were having those discussions. They, they shared their places that they were coming from and their insights, and they worked it out together and they came to a consensus of how the Gentiles would indeed be welcomed with open arms into the followers of Christ. And so uh, this idea of loving each other the way uh, that Jesus loved us is a call for us to remain connected to each other, to listen to one another, uh, to care deeply for one another, even when we have our differences. And in fact, in this passage, uh, Jesus um, says, love each other just as I have loved you. Um, sacrifice yourself and your agendas to, uh, for the sake of others. In other words, Jesus says he lays down his life for the sake of those whom he loved. And he says, this is how the world will know that you are my disciples. Sometimes I worry that the world sees how the body of Christ interacts with each other. 
and they, and they hear us say, God is love, and they just shake their heads and say, they can't even love one another. So scripture clearly calls us to be in committed, loving relationship as a body of Christ and certainly as a local church. And so I think it's important for us to hear the words of Micah and the words uh, of John. I think it's also important for us to hear the words from Matthew um, 28. Again, um, I don't believe that these words will be anything new to us. I don't think any of the scripture we've read today, hopefully it's not uh, passages that you've never heard before, uh, but here's what we read in Matthew 28. Uh, this is known as the Great Commission. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and spoke to them. And he said, I've received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the ends of the present age. Now, in this passage, um, I find it interesting that um, really the only verb in this passage is make. If you were to read this in the Greek, what you would read is it says, make disciples of Jesus by going to all the nations, by baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and by teaching them to obey the commandments of God. And so if we are to hear God's message, if we are to be the church of God, um, we also have to be about um, coming alongside others in this journey. We have to be uh, disciples of Jesus who are about reproducing and making more disciples of Jesus. And so not only is the church called to do justice and to be committed to one another, but the church, as we journey in our own discipleship, we are called to share and to demonstrate so that others might become disciples of Jesus Christ. And in this passage, um, Jesus says we make disciples by building buildings and telling people to come and join us. No, right? He, he doesn't say we make disciples by gathering in a space and inviting anybody who might be interested to come. He says we make disciples by going. And the whole book of Acts is about the disciples going. Going to where uh, people are who don't know anything about Christ and demonstrating his love by doing justice, but also sharing the gospel and the good news, that they, that they uh, can experience God's love and God's healing, that they can be a part of the family of God. And the second thing, I find it interesting, the second thing is uh, by baptizing people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes when we think about folks becoming a part of the body of Christ, 
we think first that they have to uh, behave, right? They have to behave in a certain way before they can become a part of the body of Christ. But Jesus says, um, we go and we baptize. And baptism is this idea that they are become a part of the family of God. They become reconciled to God. They, they learn that God is for them and not against them. And they are invited to belong to the family of God before they have their act together. I'm thankful for that. I don't know about you all, but I am thankful that I was able to belong to the body of Christ before I had my act together. Uh, because uh, some of you may say, uh, one of these days, maybe you'll get your act together. I, I can even be a pastor without having all of my act together. That's how the grace of God works. And then the third part of this great commission, to make disciples by going, by baptizing, is teaching folks about the ways of Christ. It's about journeying along people. It's about being a part, an ongoing part of communities of faith in which we expect our lives to be changed and transformed. We invite people into the body of Christ, not because we think that they are, are perfect and there's, and there's nothing else they need to do. We invite people into the body of Christ, not just so we give them a ticket and say, there you go. When you die, you go to heaven. We invite people into the body of Christ because all of us, all of us need to continue to allow the spirit to shape us and form us and transform us so that we are better able to do the great requirement of, of doing justice, of embracing faithful love, of walking humbly with God, so that we are better able to love each other in the way that Christ loved us. So that we become a better examples and demonstrations of Jesus and his life. In other words, it seems like to me, uh, as I read these three passages, we are called to be a church that um, lives like Jesus, that loves like Jesus, so that we might reproduce and so that we truly might make a difference in the lives of others because we introduce them to Jesus and his good news. And they come alongside us and journey in this um, transformation in which we become more and more like Christ each and every day. So it seems to me whatever we have to say about the church today, uh, we need to keep these three passages of Scripture in mind. Um, we are called to act, not just to talk. Uh, we are um, called to uh, be faithful and in uh, commitment and covenant with one another. We are called to listen to God and God's word and together, together to journey and, and allow the spirit to continue to shape us as we come together as the body of Christ. And so as we think about what it means to be the church in, in the coming weeks, let us keep these passages in mind and let us ask ourselves, how 
are we doing as a body of Christ, not just as individuals, in fulfilling um, these three uh, mandates from God that we find in Scripture? Let's pray. Gracious God, as we come together this day, as we continue to uh, think about what it means to be your people in this day and this time, may you continue to um, draw us back to your words so that we have a clear picture of your expectations uh, of, of the people of God. And we ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen. And now I'm going to invite you, um, hopefully, if you're at home, I'm going to invite you to, um, to get your bread and cup so that you will be uh, prepared for communion. And then we're going to try this a little. Um, so, so we're going to do the great Thanksgiving. Um, I'm going to invite you to participate in, in parts of this. Um, and then um, I will invite those at, uh, at home to partake. And while the band plays Remembrance, um, the folks who are gathered here will be uh, served. And so um, let us join together. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Indeed, it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God. Um, you've created um, everything out of chaos and set things in order. You've created all living things and you've cre created humanity in your own image and you said that it was good and even though we turned away from you uh, even though we as a as uh, your creation as your children turned away from you you continued to pursue after us through the words of the prophets even in the fact that you love the world all of the world and all of your creation so much uh, that you sent Jesus so that whoever trusts in him would not perish, but would have eternal life, not just after death, but here and now. And you sent him into this world. You came into this world in the person of Jesus, not to condemn the world, but so that we might be reconciled and healed and saved. And so it is with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join in this unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Indeed, holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, who you knew, who who knew you as a loving parent and called you Abba, Father, knowing uh, that uh, when we also cry out to you in that way, that the Spirit bears witness that we are your children, that we are children of God, loved by God. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, 
You gave birth to the church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and you made with us a new covenant by water and by spirit. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread. He gave thanks, broke the bread. He gave thanks. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper again, he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. And so it is. Um, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, that we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the great mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Indeed, pour out your Holy Spirit. I invite those of you who are at home to, to hold up your bread and your cup um, as we offer up this blessing, may the Holy Spirit be poured out upon the gift of bread and cup, that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Committed to, to participating in acts of justice, committed to faithfully loving each other within the body of Christ, committed to sharing that love and going forth so that others might also become followers of Jesus Christ. Indeed, by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to the world until Christ comes again in final victory. And we join in that heavenly feast through your son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory be yours, almighty God, now and forever. And so you are invited, um, if you're at home with family, to um, share and serve one another.
Gracious God, we thank you for this great mystery in which you uh, share yourself with us. Indeed, having taken of the bread and cup, may you grant us the grace and the love and the power of the Spirit so that we might be your people, so that we might go forth in your name, not only uh, sharing the good news, but demonstrating the good news. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Streets and land, set your church. 
Uh, before we go, I, I, um, I should have mentioned this at prayer time, but I do, um, a- as we go forth, one of the things that we can do as the body of Christ is to be sure that we uh, surround Millie Hendricks and uh, family uh, with the love of God, because I think most of you are aware that Bill, Bill Hendricks died this week, and there will be a, a visitation and memorial service on a Wednesday, but let us be the church by reaching out, by surrounding that family with our love and our care. Let us continue to be the church by reaching out into our community and serving at the food pantry and filling the blessing box and um, supporting and, and um, adopting uh, the people at the village. Let us continue to do the things that we are already doing as the people of God. And let this be the words from which we leave. I love this song. Um, Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire. Win this nation, this community, this people back. Change the atmosphere. Build your kingdom here. And let it begin with us. Let us go in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, to be the people of God, this day and every day. Amen. Excuse me, wrong key. <laughs> Take two. Take two.